0: It's a real privilege to be with you all this morning. Um, And thanks for the warm welcome. Ever since I arrived uh, last evening with uh, Rick and Katrinka and the family, just felt very welcome. And uh, love Jesus, let me just say that. And uh, the video you saw there, yeah, I was told as a missionary today, you have to have a video. So for $100, that's what you get. You don't get much talent, you don't, yeah, I, anyway, so. As you could see there, uh, there's uh, information about what we're calling C-Breakthroughs. S-E-E, standing for Southeastern Europe. We're believing God for breakthroughs in the least evangelized part of all of Europe southern Serbia, Montenegro, Bosnia when we moved in December of 96 to Macedonia it was listed by Operation World as the least evangelized part or country of all of Europe they only had a couple churches and a couple hundred believers and now we're After about 20 years, we have in the neighborhood of 25 churches and 2,500 believers. So we've seen fairly significant growth. Encouraging things are happening. Now it's time to focus on where even a bigger need is now. And go to some of those tough places. As you saw there. There's a reason there's only one evangelical church in some of these places. There's a reason there aren't any evangelical churches in some of these places. Or so few believers. Like Podgorica, Montenegro. You saw 325,000 people in that city. Around a million people in all of Montenegro. And two churches in the whole of the country. Two evangelical churches around 150 believers so we've been asked by our leadership Brian Colleen as you go back overseas you can go ahead and show a picture of my wife as you go back overseas now would you lead a charge would you sound a rallying call and engage young people in planting churches where we have so few and Their vision they cast for us, and we carry it across the country as we go, is starting coffee shops near university campuses where a core group of believers, whether they be people from our Bible school in Macedonia or believers from their surrounding area or in, uh, exchange students from the United States or students who, like you saw, gave one month, two months, three months, who knows, maybe a year, but they're willing to come and help us start a church where we have so few. So I've been going all across the country giving batons to young people who will say, here I am, Lord, send me. For me, the imagery is one of, I'm old, I'm bald, I'm fat. You can laugh, that's okay. I pretty much run my leg of the race. Anybody run track when you were in school or maybe even watched it in the Olympics? Come on. So one person runs their leg and they hand the baton to the next. Well, I envision what I'm doing in this next 15 years of my life is engaging young people as I pass the baton to them. Having finished my leg of the race, I'm going to stand back and say, Go, baby, Go! And believe God that he's going to use them and trust God that they love him with all their heart all their soul all their mind all their strength and here's what I've told young people whether they're from Arizona or Montana or Wyoming or Colorado I'm only listening to places I've been North Dakota South Dakota Wisconsin Minnesota Michigan I don't go to Ohio go blue Come on, man. Born and raised in Wayland. Anybody know where Wayland is? Just south of the Grand Rapids. My wife and I actually grew up in Door. Anybody bend a Door? Come on, oh, yeah! I see the anointing over in this section. That's what I'm talking about. A Door Boy right here. But my wife and I both got saved as college students at Central Michigan University. Her name's Colleen here in Michigan. Colleen in Minnesota, where we're living now. When we were down in Missouri going to grad school, yeah, you know it, it's Missouri. When I was going to grad school in Missouri, she was, she'd answer the phone, hello, this is Colleen. they say, what? This is Colleen. Who? Colleen. Oh, Colleen, how you doing? And in Macedonia, she's colleen we told them the story that when we had gone to Pakistan for the first time in, the, in 1987, we got there, and the local people, as we began to learn the Pashto language, they asked us our names, and I said, Brian. They said, no, that ain't going to work. We're going to get you a Pashto name. So Brian Ibrahim, close enough, I became Abraham. And my wife's name, Colleen, in Pashto means carpet. They said, no, that's not going to work. So her friends gave her the name Sharifa, which means graceful. And they had no idea. Her, Colleen's mother growing up called her that, but for another reason, because she spilled her milk at every meal. It's still the case. It is not a date with my wife if she doesn't spill something. She just, it's not. It is what it is. 32 years of marriage. This woman has put up with me. 32 years. You feel sorry for her, don't you? Listen to that lady. Oh, she, man. Mm Mm-mm. Then take one of these and pray for her, all right? Missionary prayer card. Pray for my wife. Pray for my kids because I'm their father as well. Go ahead to the next slide. This is a Bible school building that we've just gotten to the place where we can have residential Bible school students there. Whether they be from Macedonia, from Bulgaria, Serbia, Albania, one of the things we'll be doing also besides the coffee shops is starting this Bible school. And we'll be taking students to do study abroad in the same place from the States. And they'll study alongside each other and they'll go out every weekend and do ministry. So you pray with us that God will help us. So that's just the building. Go ahead to the next one. <clears throat> it's my family. You'll see this picture on uh, our prayer card. This was taken on our last family vacation in Yellowstone Park. One of those pictures. Hey, lady, can you take our picture? And it ends up on a prayer card. So, anyway. You can't get our kids to stand for a picture anymore. They just, they've done enough of that. They don't want it anymore. You know, if you get all six of us, they'd be like, uh and, and stuff like that. Unless, of course, there's a wedding. So let's do the last picture. This was at our oldest son, Caleb's wedding, June of 2012. And uh, his bride is the uh, pastor's daughter from Twin Cities in Minnesota. They met at North Central. He did his Army ROTC training at the University of Minnesota. He's now a first lieutenant, soon to become a captain, based in Fort Stewart, Georgia, near uh, Savannah. Yes, uh, I didn't bring my phone. I left it at the house, but I do have pictures of the grandson. I'm just saying. I never thought I would be that guy, but I do have pictures of the grandson. That boy's a boss. He be the boss. His name is Willie. And uh, now that my oldest son has uh, come in connection with uh, Duck Dynasty, he was named William before Duck Dynasty became really popular. Now his next son is going to be Cy. I'm just saying. Our second son there in the back, uh, Caleb was born in Pakistan. Our second son there in the back, uh, he recently got engaged. A young lady also from the Twin Cities of Minnesota, they went. They both graduated in May from North Central as well missions majors he just came back from do his internship in Cairo Egypt he and his uh, bride have a call to minister among uh, Muslims in the Arab world so pray with Gabe and Marissa about that their wedding is Labor Day weekend and then mom and dad are leaving on a jet plane no they don't ask me to sing I'm just singing. okay so then there's Samuel. Samuel's back there with the glasses. He's 18, just recently graduated from high school. He wants to be a confu- uh, confirmed uh, com- computer geek, get the actual authentic certificate, two years of community college study, and that's what he wants to do. He's going to do it without mom and dad. Recently, uh, family stepped up from their church there in Minnesota to where the- he could live with them. And Sarah, just this last week, before she went on a mission trip to Panama, told us, I'm going back with you to do her last two years of high school. She had been praying about it a lot. She really wanted to stay in America, uh, but uh, she doesn't think she's ready yet. And I'm like, yes. She's beautiful and talented like our mother, and I hate boys. Mm. Mm. I'm glad I only had one daughter. Mm. I am not handling this well. She do not, boys are bad. Repeat after me, boys are bad. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> anyway. So that's a little bit of family. We have these white cards. It has all their information you saw at the end of that video. Um, the webpage is cbreakthroughs.com. The Facebook uh, video just, I mean, Facebook pages See Breakthroughs. The YouTube videos, Thomas Mission Video, blah, 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 blah. I'm just saying. I wanted you to pray for a young man with me this morning. His name is Bayram. Bayram is one of eight children in his Muslim family. We've been doing a lot of ministry among the poor. We've operated a soup kitchen in Macedonia for more than five years. Ministry among children in Macedonia as well. He comes, as I said, from a Muslim family. He's our best Sunday school student. I've known him since 2003. One of the benefits of being in a place a little bit longer time. You get to watch the kids from diapers to Bible school. Some of the people I knew when they were younger, they're now heads of denominations and leading churches. I'm just saying. God's faithful. Oh, anybody know where the Macedonian flag is in here? You know which one it is? Which one is it? It's that big starburst. That's right. Maroon and gold. That's not maroon. That's red and, anyway, you already saw it right here. Like I said, pray for my wife. Pray for Bidam. We're believing that God is raising him up to be a leader in the church, along with a couple other young men recently who got baptized. They come from a family. We started in the gypsy community in, the, in a dump. Maybe read about it in a Pentecostal Evangel article they wrote a few years back. We bought this piece of property cleared all the garbage off of it, put up a fence, put up a gospel tent and said, let's see what happens. There's a church there. There's a preschool there. God's good. And now we're believing God to continue that good work among the next generation as he raises them up. Two young men, their parents came to that tent. There were two of three brothers in their family. The younger one was born after the outreach, but the two older sons in the family. Dad now leads worship in the church. Mom helps lead the soup kitchen. Two children's names, Sunayat, three sons. Sunayat, good Muslim name, means circumcised. Second son, Mahmoud, another form of the name of Muhammad. The third son was born after the outreach. We started there in the dump. His name name's Emmanuel. I'm just talking about change. God changed their family. Just turn them all around. They're following Jesus. Soon as soon as he got baptized, he called me on Facebook and Skype communicating. Hey, when you get back, are you still doing the Bible school? Are you still going to do it? I said, that's the plan because he wants to train for ministry. So you pray for us that God would give us wisdom as we go back. In the next two months, we're, the plan is for us to go back in the middle of September after the wedding. We need to raise about $2,000 a monthly support and $15,000 in cash in two months. God's faithful. Amen? All right, now I'm going to preach. All right? If you have a Bible with you, I want you to turn to uh, Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. If I'm too loud, I just don't want you to fall asleep. Just wait. The second service is going to hear me after I had a cup of coffee. You know what I'm saying? This is before (laughs) coffee. Acts chapter 4, see what happens is I'm praying all week what am I going to say Lord what am I going to say Lord, what am I going to say what do you want me to say I don't want to give you some pitch same thing I've been preaching for 10 months you don't need that you need to hear what God wants you to hear you need to know what he wants you to hear today not something I've smoothed over and worked over and got all the smile places and all the amen places all marked out in my notes you don't need that you need a word from God so I'm praying about it and he gave me two words message, oh so it ends up being three sorry message and messenger I'm working that, working that over in my mind. I'm working that. I'm trying to, message and messenger, message and messenger. Dude, okay. What do you want me to say? And this morning, yes, I was working on it some more. The Lord just put it all together. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 is the message that you and I have to preach. What's Acts 4.12 say? There's no other name. Come on, man. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's what it says. I me- Sorry, I memorized it in King James. When I first got saved, I had a King James Bible. I got saved in a Baptist church. They were reaching out to people in my community indoors. They sent around a Sunday school bus. My mom put us on that bus. See, I grew up in an alcoholic home. My father died when I was 11 years old. My father's second marriage, my mother's second marriage. Come to find out about 10 years ago, my mother had had a child before she was ever married the first time. My mom began to experience death in her family, her mother dies. I had an uncle and cousin who died tragically in a boating accident on Lincoln Lake in 1966. Then her mother-in-law died, my grandmother. Then my sister, who was 15 at the time, died. I was eight. Then my father died, and my mom's dealing with all this death in eternity and mortality. And she heard about a Sunday school bus going through the neighborhood. She put us on the bus. On the side of the bus it said, Jesus saves and we love kids. I thank God for that bus. It cost them $50. Had holes in it. I had a Sunday school teacher, Mr. Turbeek. He loved Jesus. He told us boys in his Sunday school class about Jesus. Eventually, my mom was invited to go to church, and she came for a while, and then she quit. So if it wasn't good for mom, I'm not going. Then I had a friend in high school, Don Pearson, still the youth pastor at Blythefield Baptist Church in Rockfield. Don invited me to church. I said, no, he invited me to church. I said, no, he invited me to church. I said, no. What I didn't know, Don, a few years before that, had put me on a prayer list. He called it a hit list. He prayed for four of his friends every day. And he lived a consistent Christian witness before us. He was the only one I knew in all of our high school who was a Christian. Then he'd share his faith and he'd invite us to church. Eventually he invited me into an all-you-can-eat Pancake breakfast. This is m- before our senior of high school. Where the basketball hoop was so low, even I could dunk. Ooh yeah! So I went to church with him because of pancakes and basketball, church camp. And I said, and then he kept picking me up. Somebody from the church paid me to go to Bible camp. I heard about Jesus in the morning for five days. Jesus in the new time and Jesus when the sun was going down. I knew. I needed a savior and who what his name was just like it says here there's no other name under heaven the Savior but I'd whereby we must go to heaven eventually I turned my back on God he wanted me to do with my That if I was gonna do I said for two and a half years I went dating two and a half years right there of that decision I had made when I turned my back to Jesus. The whole gospel message, the whole presentation at church three weeks later the forward, and like I had done five or six other times, and I had never gotten out of my seat. I wanted to go to heaven but I didn't get, like I had done five or six other times, and I had never gotten out of my seat. I wanted to go to heaven but I didn't get out of my seat to go six other times, and I had never gotten out of my seat. I wanted to go to heaven but I didn't get out of my seat to go to heaven. I just and I out of my seat, I wanted to go to heaven, but I didn't get out of my seat to go to heaven. I just prayed to go to heaven, but I didn't get out of my seat to go to heaven. I just prayed to go to heaven. I just prayed to go to heaven. I got up, I went forward. Didn't matter what I was going to be. preaching. I got up, do with it. It didn't matter what was going to happen. My life to him. I want you to know the message of this book. Transform my passed away, and all things have become new again, and it'll change a the nation. There aren't many churches in Bosnia. It's a Todd who sends people to Malawi. It's all right. It's the believer in Belize. will help him in Belgrade. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's the same message. Belgrade. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's the same message. The disciples here in Acts chapter four are in a bind. The disciples here in Acts chapter four are in a bind. They're in a situation where four are in a bind. They're in a situation where they're in trouble. Are in a bind. They're in a situation where they're in trouble. Because they're in a situation where they're in trouble because God showed. Situation where they're in trouble because God showed up. They're in trouble because God showed up and began. Because God showed up and began to heal people. And it says, because God showed up and began to heal people. And it says just before this, God showed up and began to heal people. And it says just before this, more than 5,000 people were counted among those who are following Jesus now. And the people in charge were not happy about it. Does that change our message? You understand what I'm saying it doesn't change anything the disciples here say y'all decide y'all decide but we can't help ourselves they just flat out said you all decide but as far as we're concerned we can't help but tell people about what Jesus has done for us the Bible emphasizes here that what Peter was doing was in the power of the Holy Spirit you understand what I'm saying now I want to talk about the messenger first word was message the message is Jesus and his ability to heal save baptize, and fill with the Holy Spirit and you need to be ready for his coming that's the message what about the messenger what does it say here verse 13 when they saw the courage of Peter and John realized they were unschooled ordinary men this is the NIV they're astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus now I was looking up in the Greek language some of these words unschooled meaning those guys were illiterate they did not know how to read and write they had not gone to school. Well, how do you know when somebody's gone to school when they haven't? Some things are self-evident. And here it says, ordinary men, actual Greek word is idiot. These were unschooled, illiterate idiots. And they're like, dude, listen to these guys. Listen to these guys. Listen to them! Let me say this to you. It's kind of like what my wife said to me a, a few weeks back. I am a slow learner. It took me 23 years. How long you been, Mary? Lord, help him. <laughs> it took me 23 years, son, to learn this. Men are men. And women are women. Amen. <laughs> you have no idea. Lord, help him. <laughs> Serious. I will never think like a woman. And she will never think like a man. Until you figure that out, you got a long way to go. Oh, man. Now the ladies are like, Oh, yeah, whatever. I'm a guy, okay? So it's going to take me 23 years, which took you 23 seconds to learn. But (laughs) 31 years of marriage. This happened last year. We're walking around in our yard. My wife is showing me the flowers and the stuff in the yard. And I'm listening. We're having a conversation, but I'm listening. (coughs) And after we're looking at the flowers, we're walking around the yard, she said, you said this, and you didn't say that. You did this, and you didn't do that. You listening? You taking notes. (laughs) Next service, if I tell the story again. You said this, you didn't say that, you did this, you didn't do that. And I'm a guy. You, if this sounds like an, a personal attack, my walls go up. I am battle manifestation, stations, defend. Ah, oh, get ready. She's attacking you. Defend. So I began to defend myself. Somebody got to fight for me. hmm And she turned around and looked at me. Are you listening, sir? She turned around and looked at me and said, it's not about you. Now listen, I was the subject of every single sentence. You know, the English language, you know, subject, object, verb. I was the subject, you, 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 you. So I understood it to be about me, 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 me. And she says, it's not about you. Man. George, help me out, man. You got 60 years. It's not about you. Let me say this about the messenger. It's not about you. Now, he might want to talk with you about things going on in your life. And you might feel under a conviction about some things that need to change and all of that. But you need to hear this. It's not about you. It's because he wants to shine through you. And he wants the spotlight to be on him. And he wants to be able to shine his light through you and use you powerfully. He doesn't want it all to be tainted and clouded by you're a mess in your life. He wants your light to shine clear. The messenger here is unschooled idiot. And they say, wow. (laughs) These guys have been with Jesus. That's it, right there. That's it. Our message is Jesus and you and I are all about him well how do you get that how do you get that revelation chapter 3 verse 20 is there a Jennifer in here huh what's your last name revelation 320 is for you as it would be for everybody else but especially you because I was praying about revelation 320 you know what it says Behold, I stand at the door and if anyone hear my open up the I'll come in, he says. He says, I'll come in and we'll sup together. That gives you an indication Jesus may have been in Detroit once or twice. I'll sup with you. He'd be like he walk in because you open up the door. And he say, "Sup with you?" And you say, "Sup with you, Jesus? I'll sup with you. Come on, man, I'm from door." <laughs> Revelation three twenty is about relationship. What this world needs is believers, followers of Jesus, who are close with Him. So to where you're at a wedding. This happened to me a couple weeks ago. You're at a wedding. Because I believe the gifts of the Spirit are not just for in this room. They're for the marketplace. They're for the wedding reception. They're for the community parade. My wife went in. Yeah, into a restroom the other day. The lady in there was in tears. We were at a restaurant. She was in there forever. She came out and apologized. She prayed for somebody in there to get healed. We're at a wedding. My niece was there. She's bipolar. She's sitting next to us at our table. And she started telling our us a little bit of her story, what was going on in her life, and how she had her regrets about the one guy that she really loved and thought was the right one for her. She was so afraid when she realized that, she pushed him away and told him to go away, and he did. And I said to the Lord, as we sat right there at that wedding reception, I said, Lord, what was his name? And he gave me his uh, name, just like that. Just like that. And I said, to Emily, you mean Justin? And she said, what? When did I tell you the story? How did you know his name? How did you know his name? I said, you want to know the truth? You want to know how I na- knew his name? I asked God. And God wants you to know how much he loves you, cares about you, is watching over you. He knows every detail, intimate details of your life, and he's that much in love with you and cares about you that he'd give this old, bald, fat guy the name of your former boyfriend. What am I saying? It's not about us. It's about a Jesus who's seeking to save the lost. And we get to be a part of it. And... The only way we're ever going to be what he wants us to be is if we're in close relationship with him to where he can talk to us and he can share stuff like that with us. It's not about us, it's about him. Our message is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The messenger is simply a vehicle, somebody who walks around and says, Jesus, what are you doing today? Daddy, what are you doing? Just like Jesus, he walked around and said, Daddy, what are you doing today? What are you doing? Jesus said, hey, all I'm doing is what I see my father doing. That's what I'm doing. You and I carry that on. And we get to be a part of his seeking and saving the lost. So I invite you to do that in the power of his spirit. Not in your own power. Not in your own learning. It's not about a skill set. It's not about an honor roll. Oops, I just ruined some kid's relationship with their parents not about that about loving him knowing him walking with him being filled with him it's all about him one last verse of scripture and then we're gonna pray alright Isaiah 43 is we are worshiping here this was laid in my heart because I asked if I couldn't at the end of the service see now before we're done today we're going to take a missions offering, and you're going to give lots of money. I don't know how else to handle this. Really, the reality is, the only way I can go is if people give. I didn't set up the plan. Trust me. How did I end up a goer? I said, God, how do you want me to be involved in missions? A, going or B, sending? He said, A. Hey. I said, Okay. Now, I'll be honest with you and tell you, I begged him over the years, God, I'll be a good bee. I'll be a, I promise if you let me stay in America, I promise I'll be a good sender, please. But we haven't had the release. So this is how it works. But after that, we're going to take time to pray with people, and we're going to invite you to come forward for prayer. Now, I don't know where you are in your life, what's going on, but I'll tell you this, you have a daddy who loves you. And he knows what you need. And he sees the details. And he knows. Isaiah 43, verse 18 says, Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. Now, I don't know who that's for, but I'll tell you this much. One of the biggest hindrances to us walking into what God has for us, his plan for our lives, is our past. The bitterness, the pain, the deception, the compromise, all right, I don't care what was. All I want to know is what are you going to do today and what are you going to trust God going forward for? What are you going to trust him for going forward? What was, was. And we could have put a line in the sand and say, the blood of Jesus washes me and cleanses me from all that. And I can forget. If With God, God's help, I'll work to forget, and I'll work to forgive, and I'll be, fit, I'll be set free. So maybe you need to set a line in the sand today and say, God, help me. I want to walk forward into what you want for me in my life. I want to be free of what was so I can be what you want me to be. I don't know, but we'll pray, all right? There it is. The message is Jesus. The messenger, he stuck with us. God chooses the weak things of the world to confound the wise. Sorry. He didn't look at you and say, ooh, a student. Ooh, you bad. I want you on my, my team. He's not impressed. He's looking for weak, needy. People he can. Because if anything happens, people are healed. Everybody be like, I know it's not about them. I know that's right. That's exactly it. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much. You are so good and so faithful. I pray you set people free. You offer for us freedom for bondage. You said it right out there in front of us. I offer to you freedom from the past. I offer to you freedom from sickness, freedom from pain, freedom, because it's for freedom that Christ sets us free. Thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, and that we can do all things through Christ who sets us free. Jesus, keep us faithful, help us, we pray. Bless this church as we go forward. May our past and the glories of it be no hindrance to the bigger things you want and set before us. We pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, brother Brian. That was a great word. and um, I'm glad to have heard it this morning, and I'm looking forward to second service.